Start your journey with master coach, clinical counselor, and Ayurvedic practitioner Paris Mogtatter to uncover new layers of your life. Together, we'll break the social conditioning that holds you back, giving you a way to improve physical health, greater emotional stability, and strengthen connections both within yourself and others. Unlock clarity on what you want in all five realms, body, mind, emotions, and spiritual alignment, plus a special connection to source for an extra sparkle. So don't hold yourself back any longer when it's time for transformation from unsure self-doubter into confident game changer. Let's get started today. Hello, my loves. Um, Paris here, and I'm speaking to you from the mountains of Mount Madonna in California. And I think that I take this as an auspicious time to start recording this episode of the podcast because I kind of feel like, oh, the fresh air and the prana in the air. And and I'm just uh, studying with my teachers, Dr. Robert Svoboda and Dr. Scott Blossom. And that inspiration, I think, will be kind of given to you in a in a way so so I've decided to record here while I sit in the mountains so if it's a little bit windy forgive me (laughs) Um, because I'm going to talk to you about prana so it's actually goes with the theme of prana this wind this little bit of wind that you might hear so why do I want to start the podcast um, with um, prana? Prana is very important. Prana is your life force. Some of you may know what prana is. Some of you might have heard the word prana in your yoga classes. You know, your yoga teachers say, do this with your prana and do that with your prana. There are products named prana. But how many of people do really understand what prana really is? I don't know, especially in the West. So um, before I go there, I just want to tell you a little bit about my background of, you know, I'm from Iran originally. I was born there. I lived there all throughout my uh, teenagehoods. And then I moved to Canada after that. And so... I'm in a way so grateful to have, I mean, it was hard to live there. Um, Those of you who are from the Persian Iranian background, you know what I mean. We had really hard years of war and, and uh, after the revolution, and that's another episode. But um, in a way, I'm so grateful because I kind of can understand the richness of the Eastern cultures Uh, that have all these teachings to teach and a lot of the Ayurvedic stuff I'm going to teach you or talk about um, and a lot of the western stuff that comes into play has to do with my own experiences of these kind of really feeling and sensing these eastern mythologies and 
and stories and teachings and how they kind of come into our lives today, how they um, play a role for us today in our Western life, especially. So prana, going back to prana, if you are from Iran, you know it as jan, jan, your hasti, your life, your life force. It's like the first breath that the baby takes. And the last breath that if you've ever seen anyone die in your hands and you kind of see that they take their last breath and that life force leaves their body, that is the prana we're talking about. In Chinese, um, it's called shi. In Japanese, it's called ki. There are a lot of cultures that have different names for it. And in the West, there's really no words for it. So we use the word prana, which comes from the Sanskrit culture of the Vedas, which a lot of the stuff I will talk about comes from that um, culture and from those teachings because my background is in Ayurveda, which comes from the Vedas. So... This prana, this life force, why is it so important? Because when this prana is circulating really well in our body, you can possibly know that you have really good health, whether it's physical health, whether it's mental health, spiritual health, um, or your pranic health. All of these come together to create a relationship with you. So according to Ayurveda, we don't just have one body. Our physical body is only one body. We have five bodies. So when we have balance between the five bodies, we feel the most in tune with ourselves, the most in tune with the environment around us, and the most in tune with our relationships. So our relationship with our prana basically governs our relationship with our health and those around us. So the first relationship really we should be taking care of if we want to have all of these healthy, um, you know, boundaries in our life is our prana. And nobody, almost nobody talks about that. In fact, our society is designed in a way that is putting so much money and attention and intention in taking away your prana. Because your prana goes wherever your attention goes. So your attention, whatever you give attention to, there goes your prana. So what are you giving attention to? You wake up and you look at your screen, your phone screen, your scroll through Instagram or Facebook or whatever else. There goes your prana. First thing in the morning, they got you. Last thing at night, what do you do? You just go on the phone again. And this is also very important. And it's another, again, episode that I will talk about, about nighttime and why you should not be... um, on your phone because you the brain is in theta mode and basically whatever you're watching is hypnotizing you so your brain 
does not stop looking at that. Your subconscious mind is still looking at that. It's still being taught by that when you fall asleep. So we'll talk about that another time. But what other ways your prana is going out of your body? You are probably waking up and maybe turning on the news and there's all these horrible things on the news and and the prana goes, ah, I don't know if I can, uh, I'm all like, I cannot circulate. Then you maybe go to work and you, without getting any sunlight or sunshine or much of it, you sit in the car, you drive to work, you sit in the box of your work and there is your boss not having a good day and all of that gets dumped on you. And so you did not take the time to feed your prana. Your prana is now upset because not only is it not circulating, but also it is taking on the emotions and the moods of whatever your boss is feeling or whomever else that is around. And there goes your circulation. And so um, to, to add to that, then, you know, you probably grab your lunch from a fast food place or something out of a box or food that has been stale and been sitting there for a while and there's no prana in that so then you're not getting enough prana because we get our prana through a few different sources one is our water the second source of prana is our food and the third source of prana is our breath so if we're not intentionally making sure that there is sufficient amount of prana in all of those things, then we can be sure that our prana will be lacking. And when our prana is lacking, you can be sure that you're not going to have any joy and enthusiasm and happiness and energy in your cells. It's just not going to happen. So this is why we're going to talk about prana. Prana you can think of it as kind of like the um, um, space where we move from one body to another body. Think of it as the gears. If you've ever driven like a car with gears, standard car, you know that to go from one to gear two, you have to first go in that in-between space. Otherwise, it's not going to shift it's not going to change and in the same way to shift between our bodies to do this beautiful dance of you know I'm connecting with my mental body I'm connecting with my emotional body my physical health you need that space with your prana any better your relationship with your prana the better you can carry on and kind of make these shifts between these bodies and have basically control over what is happening with your entity, your organism, because there's so much happening. Um, there's so much going on. You're not going to sit there and think about, oh, my food just went in my tummy. Let me digest it. Your body has the intelligence to already do that for you. How beautiful is that? Just, you know, don't interrupt with that by, um, I don't know, 
drinking beer at lunchtime and having a pizza and causing all of these obstructions that then your prana cannot flow through and your body will take care of it. It's like, just let the organism know what it's doing. Let it do its work. Don't interrupt. In a lot of ways, we are constantly interrupting. So again, going back to getting our prana from our air, our food and our water and being very intentional about it so that we can do something to circulate our prana. So with our breath, um, and you will see that we use a lot of pranayama in um, immediately changing the state of our mind because it's the fastest, the fastest kind of way, highway to our brain is through our nostrils. So if you want to change the state of your mind at any given time, the breath would be the fastest way to do that. Then, you know, the food, which takes a few hours to do that, um, and the water, of course. So in saying all of this, I want you to, my loves, start creating a relationship with your prana. So we start by talking about prana because um, in all the five great elements, which we will talk about a lot during this, the episodes of these podcasts, uh, we have space, air, fire, water, and earth element. But prana is that essence of air element, and it's very important because it moves all the other ones. So fire and earth and, you know, they, they can't move unless there is the air element. And that kind of juice of the air element is called prana. So really, prana is movement. Because of prana, there is life. Because of prana, life moves. It's the movement that causes things to cohere well together, to be well integrated, to operate in their most efficient form. The thing that drives us um, as individuals to interact and to, to be in our environment is because of our prana. The quality of that connection is because of the quality of our prana. So um, this prana also defines the quality of every cell in our body. That's how important this prana is. And so in life, our prana is constantly circulating and looking for, for to be satisfied. So if we feed our prana internally, which means we take our attention from the outside world intentionally on a daily basis and put that attention internally, no matter for, you know, how short of a time, obviously any longer the better. And by that, what I mean is, yes, yoga practice or meditation or doing an intentional prayer every morning. If you have an altar or you set that up, 
or in any way that you can take your five sense organs that are constantly bombarded by information in the outside world and bring that prana internally so that you are paying attention to your internal prana instead of giving it away, giving it away to the signs, the advertisements that you see while you're driving, giving it away to the people that you get angry with. Um, say you're driving and you someone cuts you off and you're so angry and you're, you know, you're putting so much energy out to to tell this person how angry you are. There goes all of your prana. So if you're intentionally doing something opposite of that, and you're bringing your prana internally, then you're feeding your prana, then that sense of what we call in yoga and Ayurveda, santosha. Santosha means satisfaction. So if there is no santosha internally, we become hungry ghosts. It's like, give me that next thing. I want to look at this. You know, I want to scroll through this and two hours go by and I'm still scrolling or I want, I just got a tea. Next, I want a coffee. I want to go to Starbucks. I want to do this. And that, not that there's anything wrong with those things, but, but my loves, if that's all we are doing, we are hungry ghosts after something that does not exist because you get that coffee and santosha does not come satisfaction does not come then you know it comes for 10 minutes and then you're looking for the next thing it's insanity and our society is really encouraging that very intentionally do you know why because they do not want you to pay attention to your own internal personal powerful prana because they're so afraid of what happens if you actually look at your own power so they constantly have created this system of taking your power away wake up my friends um it is time to start bringing the attention back to your internal self and seeing how powerful you are when you actually take the time to make a connection with your own prana. And so this satisfaction or the word santosha um, of internalism comes from paying attention to your prana, as I was saying. How do you pay attention to your prana? Well, there are different methods of paying attention to your prana, such as meditation, such as going for a walk in nature, and don't take my word for it. Go sit somewhere busy in traffic and see what happens to you. And then go sit under a big, large tree in nature, maybe by water. And just sit there for 15 minutes. Just sit there. Close your eyes. Breathe. Take a deep breath and see what happens to you. This stuff is real. And it's very simple. And the reason why not more people are, are talking about it and telling you about this, although there is a whole community of amazing people talking about it, but the reason why you don't hear it on the news is because there's no money to be made out of you going sitting in nature and taking care of yourself and looking at your own prana and doing pranayama. There's nobody's going to make money out of that. So it is up to you 
to take yourself outside of that craziness of the weird pull of our society, what it's trying to do, because they actually know psychology really well and they go into your psyche and they kind of activate your vata. And, and we'll talk about this again in depth, but vata is the air element and the air can be very gentle and beautiful and it can move things and it can dry things. But it can also become a tornado. And when in our body, the air element becomes a tornado, we kind of lose control. It's like now you have no control of your prana. You, ha- you don't have enough amount of prana. So when we do not have enough amount of prana, that air element becomes vata. It becomes excess vata. And so we lose control of our mind And, you know, you might experience overthinking and anxiety and you might wake up at 4 a.m. and be like, I have like, I cannot sleep because I have all these things that my mind is thinking about doing or all the things that I have to do or all of these overwhelm. It comes from not having enough prana in the system and having too much vata. So too much external, not enough internal attention. So what I want to tell you today, the way I want to finish this podcast is to remind you that the first way of controlling your prana, because if you have control of your prana, you have control of your mind. And if you have control of your mind, you have control of your thoughts and the outcome of the thoughts, which is your behaviors. So how do we get control of our prana? Just go ahead and close your eyes with me for a moment. Take a deep breath in and out. Maybe you can even feel and hear the sound of the air in the mountains. Envision yourself sitting in the mountains or on the beach Envision the sun shining on your skin and take a deep breath in in a count of three. So it's like you take in three breaths in. So it's like now hold the breath in and then exhale. This is a method I use that brings me, myself, back to a place of groundedness as soon as I feel myself going into anxiety. And I come back to being centered in my body. Let's do that again. Breathing in three breath. Hold the breath in. And go ahead and exhale as you soften your shoulders. Soften your jaw, the back of your shoulders and back of your neck. Everything softens. And I just want you to really feel the weight of your body in where you're sitting really feel that and there you are realigning your prana internally and aligning it with your spinal line so you always want to think about your prana going up and down astrally um, the crown of the head connects to the sky and the tailbone connects to the earth and so the prana is traveling somewhere in between that so you can envision that so envisioning is another way of bringing your prana back to your body and circulating it 
The second most important aspect of controlling your life force has to do with your thoughts. So, um, because our thoughts manifest into our words and actions and material life, whatever thoughts we habitually entertain, they create the quality and the quantity of our life force. So, Step one was to bring your prana, align it into your body, starting with aligning the prana. And step two is actually paying attention to your thoughts. So um, an example of that is if you think about a time that you felt really sad, something happened and you felt upset and sad, how was your energy during that time? So I want you to kind of take a moment and think back of a time where you felt sad. Maybe someone said something and you didn't like it and you felt upset about it. How was your energy? What happened in your body at that moment? It's like, did your shoulders go down? Did you kind of like hunch over? Did you feel heavier in the center of the heart? Did you feel less energetic? Probably your energy was quite low when you felt upset. So to consciously control prana, we must watch over our minds So this is also a practice of discipline and focus. So once we catch a thought pattern that is kind of creating the quality of our prana, we can choose to change it. So negative thoughts, one way of changing our negative thoughts are to replace them with positive thoughts. But I want you to be careful with that because if you don't believe the positive thoughts, they don't work. So it's more like, Choose a better thought. It's like my boss yelled at me and I was really upset and I'm thinking, what an a-hole, you know? (laughs) Excuse my language. Um, You really feel that rage and that feeling of being put down and being upset. So it's not helpful to say, oh, my boss is such a wonderful person because that's not the truth. However, if I say, you know what? Yeah, maybe he's having a bad day. He's not being a nice person today. But let me look at the sun. The sun is shining on my skin. How does that feel for me? That's nice. And kind of leaning more towards that. Leaning more towards what feels good at that moment. And over time, you're going to start creating the neurons in your brain so the the passages that these neurons create in your brain over time is going to start changing and you're going to pay attention more to what feels good instead of what feels not good and that's not just you every human being goes through that because you know our ancestors they had to run away from things and shelter and not be eaten by animals so So uh, we have always, as human beings, as a race, paid attention to what doesn't feel good. So we have to intentionally and consistently want to change that way of being. So controlling your minds and starting to pay attention to them. And in the Yoga Sutras of Fatanjali, this is called Pratipaksha Bhavana. So when disturbed, 
With negative thoughts, opposite ones should be thought of. That's literally what Patanjali says. And in a progressive way, um, in Western psychology, now we have a whole system that works like that, which is called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, that you have probably heard of. So basically, that's what we're doing. We are getting really curious about our thoughts instead of becoming, you know, lost in them or judging ourselves because we're, oh, there's another negative thought. Why did I have another negative thought? Because you're human. We're just getting curious and we're creating new neurons, new uh, passages in our brain that then helps us stay in that positive place. Another way of controlling your prana, as I was mentioning before, is meditation. So doing specific meditations that changes your consciousness. And I will be releasing meditations, of course, that go with the podcast. Um, And also I have some on, on the website that you can check out, but you can also find meditation um, anywhere and also you do not need to have a meditation that guides you every step of the way if you're really good at going into nature and walking and being really present being really present with the trees the the feeling of the air on your skin and the sun on your skin and you know, really smelling the smell of nature. That is meditation. Meditation is not, doesn't mean that you have to sit down and not move. In fact, for vatas or people who are suffering from a lot of anxiety and fear, it's not recommended to sit down and meditate. It, it's that they have a really hard time sitting down. So we go for walking meditations. If my clients are suffering from that, I take them out to the forest. And so seeing what works for you at that time. And the purpose of doing all of this is that, my loves, you have tools in your toolbox and you wake up and you say, okay, what's happening with me? Which tool do I need to use today? So I hope that you found this podcast helpful. If you like to know more or you would like to work with me one-on-one, head on to my website which is my first and last name, parasmoktader.com. And there is a whole bunch of um, ways that you can work with me, either in group or on one-on-one mentorship ways that we can work together, workshops, things like that. So I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you next time. Namaskar. Namaskar.